Serving God is not a hobby, an interest, or something one does on a particular Sunday. Serving God is a new birth, a new father, a new life in Christ Jesus, a new name, new indwelling kingdom, new love, new desires, new will, new purpose, new destiny, everything new. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. That verse, as you should understand, is absolutely accurate. Would you like to find this newness of life? Would you like to have your sinful past expunged? Would you like to have your guilt and shame removed from your memory? 1 John chapter 1, verses 7-9 through 9. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ his Son cleanseth us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Click on the Further with Jesus for instant entry into God's newness of life. Now for today's subject. God said, 2 Kings chapter 18, verses 13 and 14. Now in the fourteenth year of King Hezekiah, did Sennacherib, king of Assyria, come up against all the fenced cities of Judah and took them. And Hezekiah, king of Judah, sent to the king of Assyria to Lachish, saying, I have offended. Return from me. That which thou puttest on me will I bear. And the king of Assyria appointed unto Hezekiah, king of Judah, three hundred talents of silver and thirty talents of gold. God said, Second Kings chapter 19, verses 32 through 37, Therefore thus saith the Lord concerning the king of Assyria, He shall not come into this city, nor shoot an arrow there, nor come before it with shield, nor cast a bank against it. By the way that he came, by the same shall he return, and shall not come into this city, saith the Lord. For I will defend this city to save it for mine own sake, and for my servant David's sake. And it came to pass that night that the angel of the Lord went out and smote in the camp of the Assyrians an hundred fourscore and five thousand. And when they arose early in the morning, behold, they were all dead corpses. So Sennacherib, king of Assyria, departed and went and returned and dwelt at Nineveh. And it came to pass as he was worshiping in the house of Nisroch his god, that Adramelech and Sharzer his son smote him with the sword, and they escaped into the land of Armenia. And Esarhaddon his son reigned in his stead. Man said the Bible is an irrelevant book not to be taken seriously. It makes no real historic contribution. Now the record. This feature presentation is number 319. All of these amazing messages are fully archived in text and streaming audio, readily accessible by using the navigation bar on the left. The purpose of God said, man said, is threefold. One, to strengthen the faith of the saints. Two, to convince the gainsayers and win their souls to Christ. Three, to supply spiritual ammunition unto the sons and daughters of God in order to wage war against the gates of hell. On this website, we prove that God is, that he authored his inerrant word, and will hold all men accountable to it at a soon coming judgment day. This is accomplished by the four-step proof pattern listed on the navigation bar. One, Archaeology and other ancient histories establish the Bible as the supremely reliable history book, amazing miracles and all. 2. Prophecy establishes the supernatural origin of the scriptures. 
When you apply the laws of probability to an earthling making prophetic biblical predictions and actually see them come to pass, the odds against it happening are so staggering that it could only be from God. For example, if the odds are 1 in 5 billion in favor of man, then it would follow that the chances are 4 billion, 999 million, 999,999 out of 5 billion that it was God. Number three. The God said, man said, the record category on the navigation bar for which this website is named, declares a commandment or principle of God, shows man's disregard for it, and outlines the consequences suffered. Also, new discoveries that certify the authenticity, authenticity excuse me, of God's holy word are cited. Number four. Number four is the historicity of Jesus Christ. Was there a Jesus Christ? Did he perform miracles? Was he crucified on Calvary for the sins of the world? Did he die and rise from the dead? Did he ascend into heaven to sit at the right hand of God? The answer to all questions is a resounding yes. Welcome to God said, man said. We're so glad you've come. The marvelous, historic, and miraculous accounts of God's deliverance of Jerusalem, recounted earlier in 2 Kings, is also recorded by the great prophet Isaiah, who was central to the event. Isaiah chapter 37, uh, following verses I'll read. Then Isaiah the son of Amos sent unto Hezekiah, saying, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Whereas thou hast prayed to me against Sennacherib king of Syria, this is the word which the Lord hath spoken concerning him. The virgin, the daughter of Zion, hath despised thee, and laughed thee to scorn. The daughter of Jerusalem hath shaken her head at thee. Whom hast thou reproached and blasphemed? And against whom hast thou exalted thy voice and lifted up thine eyes on high, even against the Holy One of Israel? By thy servants hast thou reproached the Lord, and hast said, By the multitude of my chariots have I come up to the height of the mountains, to the sides of Lebanon, and I will cut down the tall cedars thereof, and the choice fir trees thereof, and I will enter into the height of his border and the forest of his carmel. I have digged and drunk water, and with the sole of my feet have I dried up all the rivers of the besieged places. Hast thou not heard long ago how I have done it, and of ancient times that I have formed it? And now have I brought it to pass that thou shouldest be to lay waste defensed cities into ruinous heaps. Therefore their inhabitants were of small power. They were dismayed and confounded. They were as the grass of the field and as the herb tree as the grass on the housetops, and as corn blasted before it be grown up. But I know thy abode, and thy going out, and thy coming in, and thy rage against me, because thy rage against me, and thy tumult has come up into mine ears. Therefore will I put my hook in thy nose, and my bridle in thy lips, and I will turn thee back by the way which thou camest. Therefore thus saith the Lord concerning the king of Assyria, He shall not come into the city, nor shoot an arrow there, nor come before it with shields, nor cast a bank against it. By the way that he came, by the same shall he return, and shall not come into this city, saith the Lord. For I will defend this city to save it for mine own sake, and for my servant David's sake. Then the angel of the Lord went forth and smote in the camp of the Assyrians, a hundred and fourscore and five thousand. And when they arose early in the morning, behold, they were all dead corpses." The Assyrian king Sennacherib invaded Judah in the reign of Hezekiah. Sennacherib ordered tribute to be paid. Second Kings 
8, 13, and 14, Now in the fourteenth year of King Hezekiah did Sennacherib, king of Assyria, come up against all the fenced cities of Judah and took them. And Hezekiah, king of Judah, sent to the king of Assyria to Lachish, saying, I have offended. Return from me. That which thou puttest on me will I bear. And the king of Assyria appointed unto Hezekiah, king of Judah, three hundred talents of silver and thirty talents of gold. Even after Hezekiah satisfied the demand, Sennacherib continued to besiege Jerusalem, the capital of Judah, and the last city standing. The book Archaeology and Bible History records the following. When Sennacherib made his invasion into Judah, he took many of the cities and finally threatened Jerusalem. Hezekiah then paid tribute to Sennacherib, including 30 talents of gold and 300 talents of silver. The inscriptions of Sennacherib tell us of this tribute in the following words. In addition to 30 talents of gold and 800 talents of silver, gems, antimony, jewels, large sandu stones, ivory, maple, boxwood, all kinds of valuable treasures, which he had uh, them bring after me to Nineveh, excuse me, my royal city, to pay tribute and to accept servitude, he dispatched his messengers." The biblical and the Assyrian records agree exactly in the reference to 30 talents of gold, but the biblical figure of 300 talents of silver at first appears to be contradicted by the 800 talents of silver recorded in the Assyrian inscription. It is quite possible, however, that Sennacherib counted some other payment or valuables in his figure of 800 talents of silver, which is more than the 300 talents given in the Bible. It has also been suggested that the numbers were readily equivalent to one another, the divergence being due to textual corruption. Schrader explains it as due to the difference between the Babylonian and Palestinian excuse me, talent, end of quote. The Word of God declares that all the fenced cities were captured except for the prize, Jerusalem and her king. The following paragraph is again from Archaeology and Bible History. To the rationalist, this story of the angel smiting an army and causing a great king to return to his native land without capturing a city seems beyond the realm of historical possibility. However, confirmation of the fact that Sennacherib did not take Jerusalem was found in an inscription on a prison called the Taylor Cylinder, discovered at Cunyuk, the site of ancient Nineveh, in 1830 by J.E. Taylor, the British vice Consul at Basra. An almost identical inscription is found on the Oriental Institute cylinder, purchased by the Oriental Institute of the University of Chicago in 1920. In the inscription, Sennacherib tells that he made other Palestinian cities yield, but when he came to describe his campaign against Jerusalem, he fails to tell of the capture of that city and its King Hezekiah. Rather, the text of the inscription tells of King Hezekiah in these words, As for himself, like a bird in a cage in his royal city, Jerusalem, I shut him up. Since Sennacherib did not capture Jerusalem as indicated in the Bible, he made as good a story out of the siege as possible and reported that he had shut up poor Hezekiah like a bird in a cage. Actually, Hezekiah was reposing quite safely in his cage, end of quote. The most marvelous part of this biblical record is found in 2 Kings 19, verse 35. And it came to pass that night that the angel of the Lord went out and smote in the camp of the Assyrians a hundred fourscore and five thousand. And when they arose early in the morning, behold, they were all dead corpses. 
The humanists find such a miraculous account unacceptable, but much to their dismay, secular history soundly confirms the biblical writings. One of the secular historical records, according to the famed Jewish historian Josephus, was left to the world by Herodotus, who has the vaunted title of the father of history. Josephus reports on the Hezekiah-Sennacherib confrontation and quotes the historian Berossus the Chaldean directly, he writes. And Herodotus does indeed give us this history. Nay, and Berossus, who wrote of the affairs of Chaldea, makes mention of this king Sennacherib, excuse me, and that he ruled over the Assyrians, and that he made an expedition against all Asia and Egypt, and says thus, Now when Sennacherib was returning from his Egyptian war to Jerusalem, he found his army under Rabshakeh, his general, in danger by a plague. For God had sent a pestilential distemper upon his army. And on the very first night of the siege, a hundred, fourscore, and five thousand with their captains and generals were destroyed. So the king was in a great dread and in a terrible agony at this calamity. And being in great fear for his whole army, he fled with the rest of his forces to his own kingdom and to his city Nineveh. And when he had abode there a little while, he was treacherously assaulted and died by the hands of his elder son, Adramelech and Sarasar, and was slain in his own temple, which was called Araski. End of quote. A footnote added by the translator of Josephus' complete works reads, that this terrible calamity of the slaughter of the 185,000 Assyrians is here delivered in the words of Berossus the Chaldean, and that it was certainly and frequently foretold by the Jewish prophets, and that it was certainly and undeniably accomplished, see authentic, record, part 2, page 858, end of quote. Every jot and every tittle found in the majority text authorized King James Version of the Holy Bible is true and righteous altogether. The Bible's record of creation of our 6,000-plus-year-old earth, the temptation of Eve, Adam and Eve's banishment from paradise, Noah's ark, it is all true and righteous altogether. The Bible's record of Abraham, Ishmael, and Isaac, Israel's bondage in Egypt, to Moses, the slaying of the firstborn, the Israelite exit through the Red Sea on dry ground, it is all true and righteous altogether. The Bible's record of David and Goliath, Solomon's empire, Jonah and the whale, the lycanthropy of Nebuchadnezzar, Daniel in the lion's den is true and righteous altogether. The Bible's record of the glorious Jesus Christ, the virgin-born only begotten Son of God, the creator of the universe, to his ministry of miracles and supernatural message, to his crucifixion on Golgotha Hill and third-day resurrection, to his bodily ascension into heaven to sit on the right hand of the Father, it is true and righteous altogether. The Bible's prophetic record of the restoration of Israel, whose citizens were drawn from global exile to form a nation in 1948, which is recognized with all the great nations of the world, is true and righteous altogether. The great seven-year tribulation period to come, the nations gathering together to wipe the Jewish people of Israel off the face of God's earth, the sky rolling back like a scroll, and Jesus Christ, the Lion of Judah, returning to this earth in the brightness of his coming to destroy all congregate armies perched around the city of Jerusalem is true and righteous altogether. The mighty judgment of God upon this entire globe is true and will happen as recorded. Jesus Christ said in Luke chapter 21, verse 36, 
Watch ye therefore and pray always, that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass, and to stand before the Son of Man. Are you ready? Click on the further with Jesus. God said, Second Kings 18 verses 13 and 14, Now in the fourteenth year of King Hezekiah, did Sennacherib, king of Assyria, come up against all the fenced cities of Judah and took them. And Hezekiah, king of Judah, sent to the king of Assyria of Lake Telachish, excuse me, saying, I have offended. Return from me. That which thou puttest on me will I bear. And the king of Assyria appointed unto Hezekiah, king of Judah, three hundred talents of silver and thirty talents of gold. God said, Second Kings chapter 19, verses 32 through 37. Therefore thus saith the Lord concerning the king of Assyria, He shall not come into this city, nor shoot an arrow there, nor come before it with shield, nor cast a bank against it. By the way that he came, by the same shall he return, and shall not come into this city, saith the Lord. For I will defend this city to save it for mine own sake, and for my servant David's sake. And it came to pass that night, that the angel of the Lord went out and smote in the camp of the Assyrians, an hundred fourscore and five thousand. And when they arose early in the morning, behold, they were all dead corpses. So Sennacherib, king of Assyria, departed, and went and returned, and dwelt at Nineveh. And it came to pass, as he was worshipping the house of Nisroch his god, that Adramelech and Sharazar his son smote him with the sword, and they escaped in the land of Armenia. And Ezrahad and his son reigned in his stead. Man said the Bible is an irrelevant book, not to be taken seriously. It makes no real historic contribution. Now you have the record.